Hey guys, this is Rob, and welcome to question number 18. What's the key to happiness? It's my interview with Bruce Balgard. Bruce? <laughs> what? It's my interview with Bruce Balgard, talking about happiness, contentment, life. It only felt fitting to record the intro of this in the cemetery. So that's where we are. Sarah and I, you love cemeteries. What is it about cemeteries that you love? Besides my fun times with my cousin as a kid, I don't even know. I shouldn't like cemeteries because I'm constantly sad about dying. But it just, even as a kid, I thought it was peaceful on my Razor scooter. You would. If there was someone that would take their Razor scooter into a cemetery and scoot around, it would be you thinking deep thoughts. That's what happens life. when you yeah. only have one child. you got to entertain yourself. I don't know. Maybe it's just my happy, sad, melancholy, loving self. But it does make me thirsty. Ah, see how I slid that in there? <laughs> Did we bring anything? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I see a couple pints of mother's milk. <laughs> it almost seems disrespectful to say mother's milk. All right, pull out the Guinness. Mm, terrifying. <laughs> My personal theory with drinking in public places is if you don't do anything naughty and you don't draw attention to yourself, more often than not, no one cares. Cheers, Sophie. To what? You know, ah, this is going to take too long. I'm going to have a drink. Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. reason I love cemeteries, I love sitting in them, walking through them, having a Guinness. This is the first, this is a first for sure. You don't you, say. The reason I love regularly going to a cemetery to record a podcast intro and drink a Guinness is the medieval Latin phrase, memento mori. You gave me the biggest eye roll. <laughs> I was trying to quickly think of some kind of like Harry Potter joke I could make. Oh, okay. Sounds like a well. Oh, a wellspond? <laughs> What's a wellspond? No, I mean a wand spell. Oh. That's what I was trying to say, and that's how it came out. <laughs> Memento mori literally <laughs> means remember that we have to die. I can't decide if that makes me happy or sad, which is pretty much the epitome of my existence. Remember to die. Remember that you will die. Remember to die. It's remember just going to happen. It's, it's coming. I won't forget for to us. die. No, I don't think you need to remember. Hey, uh, Siri, <laughs> set a reminder. Um, Set a reminder to die. <laughs> but yes, it we're is. all ending up here eventually. It's the ultimate commonality that we all have to get real deep and weird. We're literally sitting over Catherine Matthews, who died July 10th, 1920. She was 90 years old. And John. And John Matthews, who died May 2nd, 1909. And he was 89 years old. Man, it just makes me think. You think it's a big thoughts right now, buddy? I know I am. I'm getting, I'm getting too existential. Maybe like even in this conversation with Bruce, it just naturally went into. We talked about happiness. He talks about what he drops as his key to happiness, like the key to happiness. So I, he drops that, and it makes sense. Should I just say it? Well, if you tell them, then they won't listen to the episode. Okay, you'll just have to listen to see what the. I'm just kidding. People aren't like that. 
I'm like that. (laughs) (laughs) One of the greatest ways for me to embrace that key sometimes is to think about death and that reminder that death is coming and all I have is the here and now. Yeah. Like we're not guaranteed anything else. It might not get any better than this. I'm okay with that. Are you okay with that? I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Moving on. We talk, we dive into right off the bat. Um, we, Bruce mentions depression and we talk about the dark times and uh, what I would call just like funks that creatives go into. This is a good segue into the hotline. This last week, I put out a message online, a video on Instagram and social media saying, hey, we've got the new hotline up. Call in if you want to be a part of the show, but I'd love to hear if you've dealt with depression or, and I said in the same breath, if you deal with like that f- creative funk or just dark times, I'd love for you to call in and share your story. The response I got was overwhelming and actually the exact reason why I wanted to start this hotline because the very first message actually called me out using the word depression. And she said it in a really cool way. Uh, let's just actually just go to the hotline. Cue the theme song, Hovey. Beep, 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 boop, boop. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the best of Dr. Marsha Fieldstone, clinical psychologist and the friend you never had. Sleepless in Seattle. Well, I'm, I'm going to get out of bed every morning, breathe in and out all, all day long. And then after a while, I won't have to remind myself to get out of bed in the morning and breathe in and out. Hello. Hello? Who's there? I'm talking. Hello. Who is this? You know what this is. This is Jason Bourne. Ghostbusters, what do you want? Is this a fake hang-up? It's a fake hang-up. Hey, Rob, this is Sarah. Um, I just wanted to call and make sure there's a distinction made between clinical diagnosed depression and just kind of feeling down or getting in a funk. Um, I've been struggling with clinical depression since I was probably 13. I've tried to get off medication for... I don't know, probably four or five times and kind of come to the realization that it's not something that's possible for me. So I just wanted to kind of give you a heads up that some people with clinical depression have a hard time when they hear these articles or TV shows or magazine clippings on here are some easy options to get you out of your depression when really they need to get you out of your funk. A lot of people with depression go to therapy. We know what we could do. We know what we should be doing, but it's very, very difficult, sometimes impossible to actually act on those self-care things when you have diagnosed clinical depression. So just make sure you make a distinction between clinical depression and being depressed or in a funk. Um, Not to say those tips and tidbits aren't wonderful advice for self-care and for taking care of yourself. But just understanding that when you actually have a chemical imbalance in your brain, it can be difficult to act on those. I may know what I need to do, but I can't do it. Um, For me, a lot of times I have to take a day to just be at home and be sad. Um, And sometimes journaling, journaling's a big one, just kind of writing what I should do tomorrow, making lists, that sort of thing. Uh, but that's all I got. Thanks. Bye. Depression is a very real thing. I haven't struggled with clinical depression. I've gone through what I call the funks or ups and downs. Um, but clinical depression, Bruce talks about, he mentions depression. 
which I have, I have tons of friends who have dealt with that, but it's not the same. So I want, I just want to make that claimer, that disclaimer that Sarah is totally right. Do not mistake clinical depression that you should seek help for. And it's an, it's a perfectly natural thing to, to talk with someone about. Mm -hmm. And even if uh, that means finding medication or whatever that means, there are no secret tips quick fixes any of that stuff right. to fix that i'm not an expert by any means so that's just a disclaimer if that comes up in this conversation or in your mind talk to someone google search depression help the city you live in there you go. Um, that said i had an overwhelming response on the hotline as well of people that do relate on the other side just the f creative funk that we all deal with but for some reason don't talk about so here's a couple messages of examples from people calling in on the hotline Hey, what's up, Rob? This is Ryan uh, from Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh, wanted to, to tell just a quick kind of story or tale. Um, I'm in the entrepreneur world. I'm in the startup world, um, and it, it's a daily grind. It's a daily struggle to keep your energy, your hustle alive. It can get really, really tough at times. Entrepreneurs are, are, are told to stay optimistic almost to a fault. Um, irrationally optimistic is how I, I like to call it. And that, and that can be tough, um, grinding, starting something you want to do, um, getting moving on something. Um, some days it's just tough to get out of bed. Uh, there's times where you will go through a spell and, and I'll just think that, man, I'm not worth it. I can't do this. I can't pull through this. This isn't going to work. This isn't going to sell. This isn't going to go. And really, really the best thing that I can do is just really put my head down and grind is just try to block out some of that noise. You know, sometimes that doesn't help. Um, in which case, I've got a really a good group of friends. Uh, I find some people that have some common interests, um, maybe that are in that space with me. Um, maybe they're uh, a sales guy or they're an entrepreneur themselves. And, and what I end up just doing is I just sit down with them and I try to inspire. I try to get inspired. Um, a lot of times, again, in that entrepreneurial, that creative space, sometimes you feel like your bucket's empty. Um, you give and you give and you give and nothing's really filling you up. You know, times are slow, cash flow is, is low, um, and how are we going to make it? Meeting with some friends, talking through big ideas, talking four or five years ahead has been a really big help for me to, to jump out of that. So again, big shout out to my boy Rob doing big, awesome things. As a matter of fact, I've actually sat down with Rob um, during one of those times he was in, I know you were in Lincoln, and, and we sat down, grabbed a cold one, maybe a Guinness, a beer that's more or something. And then enjoyed um, just talking and brainstorming and ideating and an invigorating conversation to just get me stoked back up again. Um, filling up that bucket, meeting with friends, filling up that bucket. Um, my other solution is I crack open the Bible. Uh, Proverbs is a, is a really cool book of the Bible to read. Um, you can get it on an app. Um, or if you go into some... Sleazy Hotel is usually in one of the drawers. So uh, if you ever find yourself in one of those doldrums, um, find some friends, get stoked again, invest in people, invest in relationships. Uh, that's how I really make it out of those funks. Thanks, Rob. My man. Hey, Robbie, this is Troy. We met a couple of years ago about 45 minutes southeast of Tippecanoe, Louisiana. Anyway, um, interesting interesting uh, question you have here. Um, and in my opinion, most creative people deal with depression in that dark place quite often. And the way that I personally deal with it is um, is being thankful. Just be thankful for what you have. Take a step back, simple it up, and say, 
you know what? Uh, I'm a pretty fortunate guy. I've got, you know, a family. I've got a home. I've got a fridge full of Guinness, right? That's just my two cents. And uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you, my man. That was awesome. Thanks, guys, for calling in. If you want to call into the hotline and share a story about how this podcast has impacted you, how any of the interviews have inspired you maybe, or any stories you want to tell, if you want to share a question for Sarah to be answered on this podcast, call the hotline. Leave me a message. The number is 612-584-9330. Or if you have a hard time remembering that, Sarah, you can call 61, Mm. the letter A, the word jug, wed, zero. (laughs) If that helps you remember. <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> Six one, a jug wed, zero. I thought you were going to spell something like applicable. No. Yeah, I know. You <laughs> that can, would be too easy. You can go online and you can punch in the numbers, like your phone number and find out what your phone number spells. Well, yeah. So the only one that made sense for uh, the podcast outline was 61A Jugwed Zero. Let's move on. Fans of this podcast know that every week we ask Sarah a question. Those questions are from you, the listeners, and you leave them on iTunes. Rate, comment, subscribe, leave a comment, and within that comment, ask Sarah a question to be answered on this podcast. I think it was last week you mentioned a bird story about killing a bird. Do you remember that? Well, I know the story. Someone, well, you mentioned it in mm. the, because I think last week was was the week that someone asked you about the best prank you've ever been a part of. Mm. And within that story, you mentioned actually killing a baby bird. Yeah, it wasn't so good. So on, on <laughs> iTunes, someone asked you, if you would expound on that story of the time you killed a baby bird. Why, yes. Yes, listener, I will. Uh, so the story goes like this. It is a few days after my sixth birthday. I had received, as all good girl children do, a, that's just a little pointed, a pink and purple play cleaning set. It came with a broom, a mop, a dustpan, because those are really fun toys. I actually did like it, I'm not going to lie, but it's whatever. Um, so a few days before, I had received that gift. Not important right now. Uh, so at this time, I am hanging on the monkey bars in my backyard. So I'm, I'm little, so my feet are dangling. And as I'm dangling on the monkey bars in my backyard, this bird comes and latches onto my leg totally freaks me out and flailing I'm like kicking my legs everywhere trying to get the bird to get off it's not getting off and eventually and I remember it like clinging to me eventually it gets off my leg I don't want to sound like a sociopath but I feel like it's going that direction so it gets off my leg and it flies over to the ground like a few yards away I grab my newly acquired pink and purple broom play broom and I was just I was just so afraid of the bird. I felt like I needed to kill it. It wasn't like I was angry. I was like, I was afraid. And so I killed it. So I lifted up my arms with my pink and purple play broom. And I hit the bird. Just once. Just once? And it died. And I felt terrible. And I had to tell my mom. And she made me pick it up with a napkin and throw it away. And there was another bird that was singing in the trees that day. And my mom said that that was the mom and it was crying. Oh, my God. Your mom said that to you? Yeah. Oh. I think I also cried then at that point. <laughs> Just 
100% pure guilt. Mm. I haven't killed a bird since. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh. I know, and I really do like animals. You love animals. I almost saved a mouse today. I love it. That's such a good story. <laughs> if you would like to ask Sarah a question, head over to iTunes. Five stars only. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and leave Sarah a question that you want to be read and answered on one of the intros to these upcoming episodes. And maybe yours will be picked. Is it time to dive in? It's about time to dive in. However, I, will, I do want to say also... If you want to leave a question and have your voice heard on the podcast, because this is the most interactive podcast ever known in the history of mankind, head over to the podcast hotline and leave a message question for Sarah. Anyone that's subscribed to that behind the scenes hotline info, I'm probably going to, I'll just text, I'll text a picture of us right now after we're done recording this tonight. If you want to get behind the scenes information, different giveaways that we'll be doing in the future just for the hotline subscribers, text curious to the hotline and you'll be a part of that. No spam. Don't worry about it. I've got no time to send you spam. You're a very busy man. I'm way too busy to send you spam. All right, let's dive into this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Bruce Balgard. How do I describe Bruce? I met Bruce recently filling in for Ian Allison. Ian Ian Allison, for those of you that don't know him personally, was another guest a few episodes back on this podcast. Go back and listen. It's amazing. What's it mean to be an influencer, I think is the name of that episode. Anyways, I filled in for Ian playing for Bruce in their cover band, and I finally got to meet Bruce because Bruce is a legend. Oh, he plays in the covers? Yeah, he like started the covers. I didn't know how you knew him. Bruce is the cover. So that's the first time we met. I've I've known of Bruce for years. Okay, here's the deal, guys. I'm going to just level with you. Anybody listening, if you don't know who Bruce is, but maybe you know some of the guys I have interviewed on this podcast, the people that I look up to musically and personally in Minneapolis, those people look up to Bruce. Ian Allison has referred to Bruce as a mentor of his, someone he looks up to and goes to it for advice. So he's the man. I was playing with Bruce and we got to talking and he brought up the podcast actually, because like I said, Bruce knows the majority of the music, if not all of the musicians uh, that I've interviewed on this podcast so far. His wife, Cheryl, has been listening. And he had just mentioned, my God, my wife loves your podcast. And so quick shout out to Cheryl. You rule. Literally, this episode is only happening because of Cheryl. I would have loved to pick Bruce's brain, but we just got talking about the podcast. I said, Bruce, I beg you. I, we were on stage and I got on my knees. I laid, I laid prostate on the <laughs> stage and I said, Bruce. And I, Isn't I, it prostrate? <laughs> I laid prostrate on the <laughs> I laid my prostrate on the floor. I took my prostate and I laid it prostrate <laughs> on the stage and I, I reached out my left hand just as far as it could go, just enough to hold on to Bruce's shoe. And I said, Bruce, Please make time for me. Come on the podcast. Let me talk with you. And he said, hell no. Went home. His wife, Cheryl, talked him into it. I'm just kidding. He was all about it. But anyways, this is awesome. Bruce is the man. Bruce, can I call you a new mentor of mine? Because I'm putting you in that position. I'm rambling. Wrap it up, Cindy. We met at Jack's Cafe in Northeast Minneapolis for lunch. The classic steakhouse. Isn't that what that place is? Like old timey. Yeah. It's a Minneapolis staple. I've never been. Well, I need to take you now, especially after going. This is my first time there. Great patio. 
Mm-hmm. I recommend to everybody. Hey, before we go, Hofi. Yes. Cheers to Catherine and John Matthews. Thanks for letting us hang out with you. Catherine and John? Yeah. Oh. You're in spirit. Should we pour a little out for our homies? I'm not wasting my Guinness. You can pour yours <laughs> I out. I can't you either. I already spilled a little. I can't spill more. Yeah. I'm happy to be alive right now. I just get sentimental in cemeteries. So I'll say this. If you're listening to this, you're alive. And I hope that makes you happy. Memento mori. Reminder, we're all going to die soon. Someday. Hope everybody has a chance to take, take stock of that. I mean, life is really very anticlimactic. And I mean, I guess that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just like you live, you put so much pressure on yourself to live your life in a certain way, and then you just are a gravestone. And then eventually you're a forgotten gravestone. And that's why I think I don't want to feel bad. It's like striving to have a really good life and, and finding happiness. And also being content in all of the smaller happy moments that we have. It's not necessarily like climbing this mountain trying to get to the summit of glory whatever the hell that is it's just like the small moments being good Because we don't, and it's one of my passions, is that we need to talk honestly as artists because so much stuff stands in the way of creative people being creative. So much, everything stands in the way of people getting art done. I mean, it's just like anti-gravity. Like, it's just so hard, so hard. And so it's just amazing that so many things have to come together for art to happen. One of them, and I'll make my point before I lose track, is that we all have all artists that are good have some level of discontent. They have some level of low self-esteem. They have some level of self-deprecating because, and now I'm talking about Ira Glass does this thing where he addresses this, where he says, if you're gonna be good at art, you have to have discerning taste, meaning you know what good stuff is. Now, good, of course, it's subjective, but you have a sense of what everything you're interested in, you can do that discernment between something that has quality and something that doesn't. Yeah. Therefore, since you have that discernment, you know that you suck. And so you are gonna start off in awful, uh, you know, low self-esteem, and we're all moody as hell, you know? We're all, uh, uh, we're all thought loopers, you know, we just uh, you know, over ponder, over process, you know? So when I was teaching lessons, it was very apparent because I would get someone <laughs> who came in and you know, I taught them how to switch from G to C you know, and, and they worked at it for a couple weeks, they came back and it took them just as long to switch from G to C. And I'd say, well, what do you think about that? And they're like, I don't know, pretty good. Yeah. I'm like, well, you need to hate that. Like, that needs to drive you crazy. Like, yeah. it doesn't drive you crazy. I realized that what you need is this controlled discontent. 
Because you get out of control discontent, then you shut down. Like, oh, I went to this concert, it's so good, I'm just gonna quit. That's out of control discontent. No discontent is like, I mean, none of us who know how to play know how to, you know, we have no idea what this yeah. is like. And that's when yeah, we yeah. see a student like, yeah, yeah. aren't you totally, don't you think you suck right now? I'm like, no, I think I'm awesome. I'm like, well, what? Because you totally suck. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's horrible, but it is this discontent that, yeah. so I, I tell them, you gotta have some kind of discontent. You know, they'd be like, well, I, I practice for 20 minutes a day. Like, yeah. first of all, I say, I never practiced a minute in my life. Because, you know, even that idea of, oh, I'm going to sit down and start the clock and practice. Yeah. I do that for exercise, but not for music. I was just like, I have to learn this song. Yeah. That's, I, that wasn't practice. It was like, I, I got to learn the song. And back then, we would like record our albums to reel-to-reel tape and I'd rewind. Just, and, and learn it wrong because no one's showing me what to do. Just trying to parse out these chords and listen to it. And mom's saying, come up for dinner. I'm like, no way. I got I'm not done yet. So it is this, it's that, so it is people who are usually introverted, they usually have some kind of low self-esteem, low self-image, oftentimes depression goes with that. So I'm getting to my point and my compliment. We really need to have conversations to talk about this stuff because we all think we're alone in it. And so that's my, that's my thing and this is gonna be the end of your ad. That's why you're the curious whatever Rob Morgan. We have to talk about this to realize that this is what we have to overcome and we need to come together and support one another and go, I know we all think we suck, but let's go. And so that's where like, I'm a part of this, the Good Arts Collective down in the First Cup Church and the whole idea is that you know, can we have a shared space where we share experience and just support one another? Like even coming in today, I had a, you know, thought looping, negative looping morning. It just, and I, it was a fog. I struggled with depression and anxiety stuff and it just was, it was a tough morning. Got in, heard some voices, you know, Ben Kelly and Jordan Myers and Nick Babs are down the hall and just like, just that they, they know, they go through the same stuff and just like, it just popped me out of that. You know, I just said, hey, and what's going on? And I went and went to work. But just, if I would, because for a while I worked at home, I think it's great if you can do it, believe me. But, but that's where the Good Arts Collective is such a great thing, because it just is that shared experience that we remind each other that we're not alone in these struggles. We're not alone. And so how can we work together to tear down the barriers of it? Oh, this is so good. Rob's got a meatloaf sandwich. Comfort Thank food. you. With uh, some onion curls on top. Yeah, mash. Mashed potatoes. You want it with mash? You don't uh, even have to say potatoes. I, yeah. Just mash. Just the mash. I went with a Reuben sauerkraut. I married a German woman, so that's part of that. Okay, this already right now is why I told you when we were going to get together that I was going to hit you up so you wouldn't go in cold. Like, what maybe I'd ask you. Didn't do that at all. Right. Because I just felt like I wanted to just sit down and pick your brain and see what naturally comes up because I, I had just like a feeling from our brief interaction a few weeks ago the first time getting to hang out with you right. covers gig filling yep. in for Ian yep. uh, I'm already so curious about dealing with kind of having those hazy mornings oh yeah Talk I deal with that too, man. <laughs> well, yeah. I, mean, I, I deal with that you too, know, man. What, who's the dude, like, the local dude that has the hilarious world of depression? So that's a podcast that's out. I've never heard of that. Oh. Is it good? Oh my. It's very, very good. Um. Uh, the dude that does, uh, and now everyone out there is just screaming this guy's name because I should know it. Oh, right. yeah. I have a proper noun dysfunction. <laughs> do you? I do. And my wife. 
that works at a library, which yeah. is all about just knowing the right proper noun, yeah. you know, and so she'll ask me like, you know. What is, what's yeah, the name, what's, what's that? The name what's that of that? Or I, I, put a, I put a steak on the grill. What what cut of steak did you put on the grill? That's a great that's, question. Yeah, it's like. Pull out the wrapper in yeah. the trash, because that's but, encouraging, because no. I'm so bad at that. Right. But anyways, I, this thought, just of your mini story of saying, you went in the office. I feel like when people talk about whether it's like discipline or depression or having being in these funks, whatever you want to call it, I feel like a lot of the answer I hear is just work harder. Well, like push through it, man. Like push through it. But right. you seem to know your triggers that it's not a work harder thing. I know that if I bring myself into this environment around these people, it won't be work. Right. I know that playing music like you talked about it's not I'm not sitting down putting a timer on to practice right. I yeah think so that's just um, uh, so here's the story on that I I was a nervous kid right in grade school go to the you know I'd stay home feeling ill I later now know it was anxiety but back then it's like I don't know I have a stomach problem you know yeah so it's just my mom too had OCD she was underdiagnosed you know, because it was just, she's an old farm girl, you know. So it didn't, you know, it, it took, this was the event, it was actually, um, I would get what I called heart palpitations, <laughs> that my heart would this race, and I would just like, just feel, you know, I later now know it's a panic attack. Yeah. But at the time, I was actually on my Before way to play up at Open Door, and I had a wedding gig, you know, wedding band gig afterwards, it was a huge weekend. I just had one of these things and I, I was like, I'm gonna have a heart attack. And so I, I checked into an urgent care and and can't, I mean, I called Joel Hansen and canceled. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm supposed to be there yeah. in 10 minutes and I'm gonna go, you know, he's oh, yeah. gracious and wonderful, yeah. but you know, so it's huge. And so I wound up, um, you know, they didn't really know they took an EKG, whatever. And so it was one of those moments where um, I later did a stress test where like you run and then they do a ultrasound on your heart. Mm -hmm. And you know what doctors can and can't say, the doctor came in and just said, your heart is great. You know, he gave me that look like, you need to look elsewhere for what really? this problem is, yeah. And so, you know, and so obviously, you know, I did, I investigated just, you know, anxiety stuff and that sort of thing. So finally, you understand it. Yeah. And so I went to my family doctor, and at the time, the family doctor I had, I'm very relational. It's why I like women doctors more than men because they'll have a conversation where yeah because I, I still contend that testosterone makes you stupid. It's just if you think about it, it's really true. Yeah. So this doctor, he didn't want to hear his stories and stuff, you know. But he he had this very practical thing for me yeah. when he, we were talking about this. He goes, "Have you ever read Help and Help, uh, Hope and Help for Your Nerves?" And it was a book written in the '60s back when nerves was With the like word the, you say yeah, for, for you mental, know depression yeah. and anxiety. And so I, I did get this book, and the basic premise is that you have uh, two different nervous systems. One is one that you decide to move your fingers and that sort of thing, but one is not subconscious and it works off adrenaline. Like you don't tell yourself, oh, I should be afraid right now because there's a train coming. This kind of happens, you know? And so uh, if you have that mentality of, oh, I just need to try harder. So say a panic attack's coming. Yeah. What, the wrong thing to do is to go, okay, I'm gonna mount up <laughs> and I'm like, gonna get that panic like attack. I'm gonna kill you. You know yeah. what you're doing? You're actually sending more adrenaline to this thing that's oh. adrenaline based, and so you start okay. this really awful loop. It just makes it worse. And so that, that's where they're saying that that, or if you feel it coming on, you start like 
being anxious for yep. it, and so it kind of guarantees you're going to have a panic attack. So they said, and this is, it's, it's the way we should think as artists who struggle with any of this stuff, is that, um, first of all, you got to admit that you have a problem, and accept it. Yeah. And, and the thing I want to say in this podcast is that if you're a musician, almost all of us have some amount of this. Yeah. <laughs> it's really rare that I meet someone who doesn't struggle with this stuff, that is also artistic. And yeah, if you look okay. at really great artists, they usually have really crazy lives yeah. and they're depressed and they're, you know, yeah. so we should learn like, oh, this is this is This not is unusual. maybe a thing yeah. that so, caused you to be an so artist you in the first place. It. Yeah. Got it. You got to accept it. Hey, you know, I can... Uh, play G, C, and D better than most people, and so that's good, but along with it, I have anxiety issues, yeah. so I accept it. And then, the, the weirdest thing is that, so when you have one of these attacks feeling like coming on, that instead of fighting against it, you accept it, and they, in that book, they talk about swimming through it. Yeah. So here comes like a good swimming old buddy, swim. It. So it's like this thing that's coming at you, yeah. right? This anxiety, instead of trying to be the dam to stop yeah, it, yeah. like, let's go, let's put on the goggles and <laughs> yeah, get in. Yeah. <laughs> just let it run through you. You know, yeah. you aren't going to be able to get rid of it, but just let it do its thing. Yeah. Just try to, you know, just try to stay on top of it. Yeah. And then let time pass. Those are the four things. And, you know, the more you get good at that kind of, you know, understanding and that kind of practice, they'll have less hold in your life. For anyone that's listening to this, I've told this part so much, because it's so meaningful, but that's the movie A Beautiful Mind. Russell Crowe, brilliant dude, with brilliance comes depression and weird stuff, and he had delusions of these imaginary yeah. people, right? Yeah. At the end of the movie is the most crucial part. First of all, three quarters through the movie, it's when he realizes that they are not real, that those voices aren't real. Yeah. Remember that? Like, yeah. he was getting better, but then they were out in the woods and he found this little shack and he started getting yeah. into his crazy pin stuff again yeah. right? and so she's like I gotta leave she gets in a car it's raining and he stops the car from driving away and he says the girl never grows up yeah. so this this imaginary person yeah. he's so like, yeah. that girl's been a girl for so it's like years. him acknowledging to yeah. his wife like right. I now know this is not real so our version of that is that this gig is stressing me out but I know that I'm usually, you know, I've done a lot of gigs. It's probably going to be fine. You know what I mean? And so it is this, this lie of like, why are you doing this again? Because you're going to totally blow it, Bruce. You're going to totally mess up. Why do you think you're going to do this? You loser. Why are you doing this? All those voices that are yelling at you, right? Yes. So you identify those as like, oh, those are just the idiotic, stupid voices. Yeah. So here's the end of the movie. Someone comes to him and goes, are those imaginary lying voices still in your life? And the camera pans, and they're about 50 yards away. And he goes, yep, they're right over there. And if I want to pay attention to them, they'll come running back. And really? so this whole thing is that he, all he can do is just distance yes. this. If you think you're going to get over it, I, I just haven't seen people who are wired like us, who are wired like artists, that get over it. It's just managing it. It's identifying uh, the lies as lies. And when they come at you, you just go, of course they're going to come at me. They come at me every single time. They come every, I was nervous on my motorcycle ride here. I'm yeah. nervous when I lead worship at church. I've done worship at church a billion times. Yeah. I'm more nervous when there's two people in a room staring at me doing a performance than a thousand in a room. Yeah. I'm nervous for every single one of them. Yeah. And there's always this lying voice like, you are going to blow it. They are going to no. find you out. This is such a bunch of hooey. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> totally. Go repair a guitar where there's no people. It's yeah. kind of why I love repairing guitars. Uh, <laughs> when there's, because there's no people. <laughs> no people around. 
That is, it's funny you say that because that is one of the greatest joys of my life was the invention of ATM mobile deposits. That I don't have, you're telling me I don't have to interact with another human being and I can deposit a check now? There's no reason for me to go into a bank. Yeah. I remember when, yeah. oh. when a certain bank, <laughs> I could just tell when, oh my gosh, they went to all their employees and said, we're going to step up the friendliness and I just want to do a deposit and they're like, do you have a busy, what do you got going for the yeah. weekend? Yeah. You know, like, like oh, I got you know, yeah. first of all, that's when I'm busy and yeah. I'm stressed out, like, I'm a musician. Yeah. Oh, what band are you in? Yeah. You know, you aren't going to know. <laughs> no, no, no I could even cares. say you too. They're like, I've never heard of you yeah. too. You know, so. You'll find the one person. And it's like, just take the money. Or then they're yeah. like, do you mind if we look at your accounts? Like, yes, don't look at my accounts. Do, yeah. Do, can, do you mind if we tell you, uh, if we see some available opportunities that yeah. we think may like, oh, no. Just the you take the picture of the check. 30 seconds to get me out of here, yeah. The take the picture of the oh, check yeah. if you got that. Yeah. I need to stop right here and talk about this potato salad. Ooh. Potato salad often is a throwaway, isn't it? Throwaway yeah. like, oh, potato salad? Yeah. Play it safe. Yeah. Like, this is, I think, one of the best, this is the best potato salad in this town. Really? Are that you is, okay? That's a statement. I you would, want to take a bite? I would, didn't want to. I'm going to take the biggest one, too. Do it. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's like a sriracha something that's in amazing. There? Oh. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I thought Jack's, they're going to innovate. They're going to play it straight down the middle no. of the road. Not with their potato salad. That everything potato else. Potato salad is Everything awesome. else. Come up here and get a, just a bowl of potato salad Man, for breakfast if you want. This meatloaf, I don't know what's in it. But this is awesome. Really? It's very perfection. Like the slice, mm -hmm. it's like a thinly sliced piece of bread. Yeah. Lovely. It's so good. This is, I'm having a perfect moment right now. <laughs> I have a thought on what you're saying. I wish we would have had this conversation 10 years ago. Right. Because I am a junkie for just self-betterment, whatever it is. Right. So I, for my the longest time, my, my, I would just be all about, you know, uh, push through, like tell yourself, what do you tell yourself? You tell yourself, I'm strong, I right. can do it, whatever it is, those models. Five keys to success, yeah, that kind of thing. Totally, whatever yeah. it is, I've, been, I've yeah. read it. And it is only recently, again, that I've realized everything you're saying is true for myself of the best way to get through the nervousness or the self-doubt is not to talk yourself up about future successes, but to look back. And for yeah. me, in like for instance, say, I was nervous coming here, and I every time I walk, go to an interview, and I, I never tell people this, whenever I drive to an interview, I'm my mind starts thinking of like, man, what are the things that could go wrong to like that this could get canceled? Absolutely. I, like it's weird things of like, what if this is just, what if this is, what if I'm crap? Like what if I am super offensive and he shuts down and we don't have a good conversation? And the only thing that combats it and gets me out of the car into Jack's cafe is referencing the past saying, I've never had, has any of these interviews ever gone south? Like have any of these conversations? Right. No, they haven't. Like yeah. I've had these thoughts before. I mean, have them again. And I just need to swim through it. I've never had wording until you said that. Yeah, I didn't but either. That's, yeah. Oh, man. It like, is. Right, it seems let's like. Let's jump in. Yeah. Seem like the things of God is like gravity, and whatever is against God is anti gravity. So, you know, it is like. It's like if we don't intentionally try to come together and stay together and be together, if you just let it go, we're going to drift. You know, if we pay attention to that voice, then we won't show up at Jackson, and we won't show up at the gig, and we won't show up. Yeah. And for people, 
I, I think especially who deal with depression stuff, is that then we're just isolated and alone, and then we totally have nothing to check that. So yeah. you do start believing the yeah. lies because you don't have any other voice telling you that's not true. Yeah. And so that's what's, yeah, it's, I still hate it. This was my thought when I was yeah. coming here. It's not fun. <laughs> is that, is that I think it's evidence of that we have a soul because I think of okay. these things as my mind. This, yeah. And like, why is my brain so dumb? My no. brain lies to me. It's just, yeah. I'm not a liar. Yeah, like yeah. for instance, um, I've had to convince myself about waking up in the morning. Because, you know, especially if it's a long night, you gotta get up early, Yeah. and you set an alarm. I'll set a couple alarms, you kind of think. Oh yeah. But almost all the, t all the time, all the time, my brain goes, the alarm goes off, my brain goes, ah, you did, what? <laughs> well, you don't have to do it, It's not like, it's like, no, you made a mistake. That's oh, what it's really? doing. Okay, oh yeah, really? it's like, no, shut that off. Yeah. What did you, you are oh, gonna get up at five? <laughs> yeah, there's no yeah, way. You know? And seriously, I have to just like, so what part of me is yeah. like realizing this, you know when they put the you know the guy speaking good yeah, in one yeah. ear and the evil like it's yeah. such a reality but it's like, like I'm like you lying brain shut up and yes. the same way here you know whatever yeah. that that thing just 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 yakking away with all kinds of crazy yeah now what what fascinates with me is your whole thought I don't I love your thought on um, just embracing that's not going to go away oh yeah like that control like every like even earlier controlling it like it's controlled like it's never right. cruise controlled right but it is always which is just through practice you know where that's where I want to be careful with the word control because that even sounds like I'm gonna control okay. it. you know what I mean mm -hmm. so it is you know language is weird isn't it darn that language um, you know but it You're is this accepting right I mean yeah. that's where if you think of those four points that you have to admit it accept it mm -hmm. swim through it if that's a way of controlling it, it mm -hmm. There's going to be a better word that comes to us yeah. before this podcast is done. But, you know, as it is weird because when I say that, it sounds so depressing. Like, hey, the good news is that this never goes away. But what's worse is if you think it's supposed to go away and it never goes away, then you're the one that's broken. And you better not talk about it because everyone's going to know, like, what's wrong with yeah. Rob? And that only makes it worse, for it me at least, when Absolutely. I hold it in. Yep. And so that's where I'm really I grateful. That. I think it, that it's changing that podcast, The Hilarious World of... Oh, I almost got his name that time. Yes. We have proper noun dysfunctions. <laughs> and and you you have to live with us because we you're aren't going me, away. We aren't going away. You you're giving me such definitions for things of like proper, proper, noun proper nouns. I'm like, oh yeah, proper I, they, I tell people when they when I die, they're gonna slice my brain and put it in a petri dish and they're gonna go, It's amazing this guy functions. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like there's like random things, just not connecting anywhere. They're oh, just kind go, of flying off. Go to a doctor and be like you were supposed to die 20 years ago. <laughs> I think part of, I don't know how like, this How did he have going. speech? <laughs> yeah. How did he have any, you know? Yeah. So I feel pretty good about myself, actually. All things you have, considered. You have control and movement of your major limbs? No. That's a miracle right now. Absolutely. Oh, no. man. No, it's all good. The other thing you need to do for your depression is K-U-B-B, Kube. K-U-B-B. Kube. Okay. A yard Kube. game. <laughs> invented by Vikings uh, supposedly a thousand years ago the the lore has it that they used the uh, skulls and femurs of their victims for the playing things but it's actually probably more they had a lot of wood lying around but yeah. are you is this the first time you've heard of the game Kube? is it something where like the blocks are standing up in a line that's correct okay yes they're, they're wooden blocks there's five on each side there's a, a little court okay which is a uh, 
eight meters long, five meters wide, yeah. and in the middle stands a king, and you can't okay. knock over the king until yeah. the end or you lose a game. Yeah. So you have five of these cubes, they're, they're seven, <laughs> seven centimeters <laughs> by seven centimeters by 13 centimeters. That's the international cube rule specificity. Yes. And then you have dowels, okay. just like you know, wooden dowels, they're yeah. about a foot long, and you have six of those, and you throw the, the dowels you, at the cubes, and you try to knock them over. Is there anything holding them in the ground, the cubes? No, they stand up they on the ground. Yep, okay. it's balance. So mow your grass short. Oh. And so, now there's more to it. I don't want to get into all the technicalities, but it's just not as simple as knocking down the mm -hmm. box. Like, you have to throw them back. And yeah, then, so yeah. they call it like, International a, they call it like Norwegian chess States. or something because okay. it's got some strategy to it. Really? And so, um, the Good Arts Collective was going to have a little get-together at my house at the beginning of the summer. And my former renters, which were Nancy and Grady Kennevin yeah. yeah. for six and a half years. Want to give a shout out to the Kennevins. Amazing. The yep. They're, they're, we were the first place. We own a duplex in St. Louis Park, rent out half of it. So, but but the year before, uh, the Kennevins introduced me to Kube, yeah. and I don't want to throw Grady under the bus, but he just did throw the sticks at the things. He yeah, didn't. Yeah. You know, you're reading just the directions. Really dive in. That took a lot of time. It's but, kind of the same thing with the music. You're like, oh, you think you're you think you're good at this right now? I think we need some. I think you need a little bit of discontentment, Grady, in no, your tube no. play. <laughs> but I have told him. That's right. And he's like, he's a great person and drummer. I want to say that out loud. And his Kube game has come around thanks yeah. to my mentoring. Um, and so uh, I have become. What's interesting though is that. Those that can do and those that can't teach, and that's kind of true with me and Koob, I'm not naturally gifted. Okay. I have an inconsistent lob. Yeah. I have inconsistent lob yeah. syndrome. Yeah. And so, and it's just, a, where my wife, very gifted at the hand-eye coordination, yes. very, and naturally gifted, and, and she pretends she's not good, and she's like, eh, eh, eh. so she's always that sleeper, like, oh, what, 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 boom, boom, boom. So she just cleans, just cleans up, and I go out and I practice Coop. It really has reminded me of learning guitar, and it reminds me that I was not a quick learner when I was at, at guitar either. And, and it reminds me of students that oftentimes when students learn quickly, they don't have the tenacity to stick with it because when it gets hard, they're like, oh, now this sucks. I, I'll go to something else I'm quickly good at. And so, and now with so many options around you, like I would see these students like, well, I think I'll go play whatever or do something yeah. else, you know. But, so, yeah, I go, I go out in the coop court all by myself and try to get some consistency. But in the meantime, I'm getting to my point because you heard me say it was about depression. But, um, so I'm out there and practicing. I'm out there and we play. Neighbors come over. Because yeah. they hear, you know, neighbors that I hadn't talked to in years. What the, what's that going on? Yeah. You're outside. You're doing this thing where people who ruminate on negative thoughts, all of a sudden you can't because you're trying to get your darn coop throw down. Yes. You're outside. There's some sunlight. And yet it's not this high level competition like I'm trying to get faster in my yeah. 5K or whatever. All oh, that's great. All oh, that's great. But it was one of these moments where my wife reminded me that my dad, who's since passed away, but this is something my dad would have done. Okay. Like he used to do horseshoe. He used to play this really dorky dice game called yeah. Zonk yeah. <laughs> that had barely any meaning. But it was this thing that I think we've lost track of, of just doing something stupid together. 
you know, whether it's it's me, it's it's my wife Cheryl. Sometimes Nick, my son, comes out. Sometimes our renters come out. Sometimes we have people over. So it's like I'm over for Coob because it's just like I. It's just been so healthy to do some stupid thing that you just get outside. Where I think in the past, like I grew up working on my aunt and uncle's farm. And just doing that physical labor of hauling a bale, yeah. what, what do you pick up the bale, you put it on a cart, it's not too hard to understand. Yeah. You do it together, work your butt off, been outside, the sun, and you get done and you have dinner together and just yeah. like, wow, we hauled a bunch of bales today, you know? But here we are in town, we don't have any bales, you gotta make up your, you know? That makes me, I feel the same way about motorcycles the forced meditation like you can't think about anything yes like you have to be thinking about the road and the bike we just got a sailboat like a tiny 1979 14 foot looned sailboat sweet so but i realized it's the same thing for me at least sarah and i go out together and i can't think about anything else except for trying to catch the wind and i'm with the air, i have to be thinking about the air whatever it is so i totally can relate to that even though I've never played Kube, right? my mind just instantly goes, yep, that's gotta make sense. I'm gonna say the most important thing I can say, and it's gonna be recorded right here, right now. Oh, man. The key to happiness, it's really simple. It's just present moment. And I know, whatever, and it's one of those things that you hear different versions of that stuff, you know? Part of why you hear different versions of it is because it's universally true. Um, the Buddhists teach it this way, that, that God doesn't exist in the future, nor does God exist in the past. The only way you can access God is in the present moment. That it's right here, right now. And I think that in Christian teaching, it is Jesus saying that the kingdom of God is at hand. It's not ahead of you, it's behind you. It's just like always right here. It's always right around you. You just got to enter into it and be aware of it. You know, that, that it is that we're hanging out here. The potato salad's amazing. Magical. Right. Rob's doing this great thing. But we aren't going to think about what this might do ahead of time, nor are we going to worry about, oh, I should have said that better behind. I mean, we can do that, but that's where I, I love to do that. And it's depressing, but that's right, you know. So it is this, it's all about present moment. So, motorcycles, sailboats, coob. You know, it is, it's one of those things where, like, the thing that I've rediscovered, <laughs> first of all, I'm an outgoing introvert. It's another big thing I talk about. Most musicians are introverts and everyone thinks we're extroverts. Now let me define that because there are different definitions. But my definition is that do you get charged up around people or do you get drained by being around people? Either way, we all need people. I would say that there's more introverts out there than they know because I need to be around people. If I haven't been around people as an introvert, but as I do, it just takes energy out of me like after this, I'm gonna wanna go fix a guitar. Cause this has been great. But it, it like withdraws from my energy account. Now it's dwindling down. This, and so this is my contention that extroverts, especially those of us who are in the entertaining arts, <laughs> um, it, in part get good at people interactions. Like we're, we're the ones that get invited to the parties because we hate it when it's socially awkward. Like that takes way more expense. Just like, it just draining it. So we come in, let's keep the conversation going. Okay, that's that's managing this. This is not as exhausting. You know, I'm, I'm keeping people involved because we're hypersensitive. We sense all the things that are going on. So you develop these people skills 
And so people want you at the party because extroverts, here's when you know you're an extrovert, is when it's socially awkward and you're just happy as can be. <laughs> I've seen it happen, there's like, I'm around people. And then they're yeah. done with that, like, I'm gonna go be around more yeah. people. Because that's, because when I go home, and I need to be alone, extroverts need to be alone, yeah. but they'll start to get drained by being alone. Yeah. I've never heard anybody explain me better before in my life. That's it. That's exactly what I am. I can't watch, I can't even watch um, Larry David's show. Oh man, I'm the worst at this. Anyway. I'm so it glad. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. Camaraderie um, makes me encouraged. Oh, so you're man, encouraging I'm, me man. because I, uh, and especially in music where, oh. hey, do you know so-and-so and the bass player and this and this and this? I've no, never been no, good at that no, game. No, me like, either. And uh, I think there's something you know, wrong with me. Like, yeah. do I not care? My thing is, here's uh, Kirby Enthusiasm. Bingo, nailed it. Haven't uh, seen it, I don't think. No. But it's awkward. I can't even watch that. Right? I can't even watch a yeah. show if it's I'm too awkward because I get like energy drain watching yes! the show. So I, that's what I can't do. Yeah. Um, but you're, uh, you when you just mentioned about like not knowing people's names, that's a tough one for me because I've learned that the most important word to a person in their language is their name. So forgetting someone's name, not knowing like oh. I didn't know so-and-so played on this album or I don't who played that yeah it was really cool I don't remember their name it comes across as like a lack of caring or thinking you're like it's not important to know I know and it drives if me there was one skill I could get just go to the skill store like you go to the app yeah, store totally. just remember <laughs> people's names sometimes it's just there I mean it's almost always a struggle the thing for me is that I might even know you fairly well yeah. but you caught me off guard I need like 30 seconds I'm gonna get this maybe less maybe 10 but we've already started conversation oh, and I'm thinking about conversation but I'm trying to pull this up and then it's one of the I worst just want you to know I, I do know all of you I know and every I love single you one I one of my weirdest interactions with Sarah we'd been dating about four years and we were just about to I think we we're engaged at this point and I remember it specifically because we played the varsity. And after the show, there was a ton of people, and I was in networking mode. And I, there was like everybody was there. It was one of those shows. You know what I'm talking about. I, I know where this is going. Everybody's and I there. Totally know everybody's like horrifying. catching me off guard constantly. Yep. I'm just trying to hold it together, pretending I'm like uh, there with everybody. Yep. Sarah comes up from behind me and goes, uh, She goes, Hey, I'm going to take off. We drove separately. I turned around to her. I said, Okay, cool. Thanks for coming out. And I said something like that. I said, okay, cool, thanks for coming out. Or something like that. Like a, hey, thanks for coming and checking out the show. And she stopped me. And this is before we were married. It was so good. She looks at me and she goes, never do that to me again. She's like, she's like I totally get it. You're caught off guard. She's like, don't give me lines. I'll see you when we get, I'll, right. oh, it wasn't, yeah. I'll see you when we get home. Right. I'll just catch you later because right. we weren't living together. But that, that was the moment I was oh, like, I, I have got to be more present and yeah. like use those microseconds to like, can I like recalibrate quickly or just take a second to breathe? Yeah. I don't, I'm not good at that. I know. Well, Anyways, I that's you my gotta, venting. You gotta give yourself grace on that one. I'll give you my, uh, just, uh, I'll send you a therapy I check after like this. When, when you do gigs where everyone's there, oh my God, oh. It's, it's just, I don't, I just kind of put my head down and walk through it because it's mm -hmm. just, I don't. Really, and really, really rough. What makes it confusing <laughs> is because it sounds like if you're like me, it really is fun. Like I love seeing yeah. everybody. Like it, it to me. I know. I'm so glad that they came out. Just yeah. but now they all want. They all have a conversation 
It's just yeah. overwhelming and I can't yeah, deal with I it. Yeah, I can't. Th that's another contention or point I have, not a contention, but in part why introverts, first of all, we're ruminators, we hang out in our rooms, that's where we practice, we think we're bad, so that in part makes it. But then, so then we go out in social situations, we can do it, but we need to kind of be in control of things. If they get out of control, we'll get, we'll get overwhelmed. I, I say that when you're on stage, you're fully in control. I got the microphone, I got the, you know, and, and I have a song that's all written out and I've got, I know exactly, I just have to talk a little bit between, you know. I've been here before. Yeah, so, this is but my people domain. think you must be extroverted because you're standing in front of people. Like, no. Nope. No, this is my... It has nothing to do with it. And yeah. it's totally draining. After yeah. a gig, I like got to go and shut down. Totally. Yeah. And like you said earlier, I, it's funny how it's almost more draining when you're playing in front of two people than a thousand because I feel like the bigger the venue or the crowd, the more, a the smaller your world gets and you're just inside right. in music right. more. But and it's like wallpaper of people the rather wallpaper than of people, yeah. person staring right at you. <laughs> Absolutely. And so, you know, that's where you should do, here's an idea, you should really do the podcast uh, with, like, have a little round table with spouses of, spouses of creative people. I just want to give a shout out to you, because you're a noble, you're a noble bunch. You put up with lots of stuff, lots of stuff. You're just, you're wonderful, and we love you, and we take you for granted sometimes. But in this moment, here at Jack's Cafe, me and Rob Morgan are just, we're just, we're bowing our heads in silence and saying thank you. This bite of mashed potato is <laughs> for every spouse out there. And oh, that was man. a My tasty bite. My wife has put up with a lot. God bless her. You know what's interesting to me? I see this kind of, this thread with some of the things you said already. And this thread to me is maybe the things we consider a bad thing are a good thing. And maybe the things, some of the things we consider good things are bad things. And by that I mean, you're talking about students and where someone would naturally say, oh, you have natural talent. You can pick up the guitar and you can play these chords really easy. That's a good thing, right? You naturally with your wisdom say, <laughs> that is actually something I see and that's a hindrance to well, you. Well, not, it can go either way. But it's not necessarily the good that right. you give it all this we weight all, of We assume awesome. that that we means assume, it's good. Yeah. yeah, we assume that the easy path is gonna be the best path. There was a moment, first of all, you gotta live a lot of life like I have, and so you're ready for this moment. And I'm trying to think of who first said it. Um, there was a time when I worked up at Church of the Open Door and an uh, author who's since passed, Dallas Willard, came and did this okay. really great Christian author. So it might have been him, I quote him a lot, but. Um, he said something to the effect of, you know, actually the only real growth happens in difficulty and conflict. <laughs> and I thought about it like, when I've really grown, when I've really grown by leaps and bounds, is it because things were going great? No, you're just kind of reinforcing that what you've learned at that point. But it's when you come up against a challenge or something difficult. I mean, I, I seriously, take that wondering, like what growth happens outside of conflict and difficulty? And, and you'll go, well, you know, it's more like an expansion of, of the growth you've had. You're enlarging on what you've known. But new growth, new areas, almost always comes in some kind of conflict or difficulty. So absolutely. So um, just like welcoming your, your depression, it's like welcoming the conflict. I'm, I'm not good at it, but I know it's true. Does anything come to mind, like a story or a scenario that you can think of that was the greatest amount of growth 
for like the greatest amount of pain, that comparison of something that you would l have loved to trade, but that brought so much growth in you that you wouldn't trade? The easy one is just all the, all the conflicts I've had with my wife, Cheryl. Not all of them end in growth, yeah. <laughs> but the real growing <laughs> moments no. are born out of that. Just the timing of her succinctly saying something when you finally had ears to hear it, and she, you know, like, and it was through me saying, "Just say it," and uh, I won't be specific because <laughs> it'd be self-incriminating. <laughs> but so you know, just say it. Just stop, stop being nice and say it, because we're 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 both kind of you know Minnesota Norwegian nice, and yeah. which is fascinating. Like it, uh, you know, in a way, you're. Oh, it sounds so discouraging. But you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't with the parenting thing in this regard. You okay. <laughs> um, like, we would see parents fight in front of their kids, and we thought, that just just feels wrong, and we both don't like conflict. And so, if there were disagreements, we would wait till we were alone. It seemed appropriate. Yeah. But unfortunately, it did set this precedent that our kids thought we never fought. And so, when they started getting into relationships, they were like, this must not be right because we're fighting. Mom and Dad never fight. Yeah. And so we had to go, yo, yeah. But then you could like, teach them and sit down and yeah. have a conversation. Yeah, and now we aren't yellers, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. but that's again, you know, but so, so. Man, I could relate with that because I grew up in a house that all the fights were happening. Like, I, we had, uh, I find myself in that situation too. Of like, when we have kids, there's not going to be anything like that in front of them. But I haven't thought about the other side before. Well, I'm not seeing that. Let me tell you a bigger story um, that kind of hits on this. So through the years 1996 to 2004, I was on staff at Church of the Open Door. From 99 to 2004, I headed up the department. And um, Matt Patrick worked with me and Ashley Grinnell, this amazing team of people. And it just for a number of reasons, I knew that it was the only time I didn't gig. Like I just did Church Bubble. And I'm just not that guy I need to be yeah I, I need to do multiple things in my attention deficit mindset and so the one of the proudest things is I actually left a mega church well isn't that amazing that's like that's, if there's one proud moment just like so like after I left they actually hired me back to play bass you know and I played with Joel and yeah but I remember they actually asked me to lead a year later after I had resigned and I came out of this you know it unfortunately in those kind of roles, oftentimes the, the the pedestal mentality that happens to the leadership in a church like that is in part them, but sometimes it's that people put you there. And so it's just really hard to, and so I started believing that, you know, I'm destined for great things. Now what's great? I put America's standard of great that's gonna be big and whatever, so I was, I was very pioneering and entrepreneurial and, and a lot of it landed around, I just think that we should be together as artists to support one another, to try to break down the barriers of art. And so I was like, I'm gonna do an arts collective or an arts community and it's gonna have a coffee shop and it's gonna have a... And, and this is one of those, like, God bless my wife, like, you know, because we were looking at buying a building, you know, and she's like, you're gonna make this work, right? And I'm like, yeah, awesome, you know? And so, but it. It, in by the grace of God, none of them did. So, <laughs> by failure, the grace of God, yeah, failure. Went to Part of it is that I realized that so many of those good ideas had already been started by someone else, and they're underfunded and understaffed, and so maybe you could just join something, you know? Yeah. 
but it was a lot of tearing me down. And so by the year later that I led worship, because everyone's, you know, Bruce is back, what are you yeah, doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. doing? Yeah. I'm like, I, you know, so I was teaching lessons out of my house, you know, uh, gigging and just, you know, playing at Church of the Highest Bidder, you know, which whatever church was paying the most kind of thing. And, and so I said, you know, instead of me building something, God has chosen to take me apart and get at ego stuff and and uh, really dealt with um, people pleasing. That was the thing. I'm a recovering people pleaser. And so, you know, but it was from that not working out and financially really tough and just, I could dream up 10 dreams before we're done here, you know, and people, when you share them, because I'm verbal, like, well, what are you thinking about doing? You know, yeah. oh, I've got all these details because yeah, totally. I'm creative. Yeah. So they actually think I do those things that I dream up, like, you know, oh man, I've accomplished about 0.05% of what I've yeah. dreamed, you know. But here's what's crazy. So tried all these things. I tried joining other arts. I mean, you're talking my language right now. This is great. Right. Go try on, to try, yeah. try to go into these other art collectives and art co-ops. It's just not a good fit. Really tough. Really complicated. And just like, ugh. so just forget about it. Yeah. Forget about it. So I'm gonna and I'm I'm burnt out of teaching students. I'm gonna murder one of them. So <laughs> I've done guitar repair throughout yeah. my whole. I've you know uh. the first 17 years of my professional life. I've always gigged. But my day gigs, first 17 years was music retail, and I learned to do guitar repair. That's where I learned to teach. So I was just gonna do guitar repair, I was gonna do some recording in my house, did a couple records in my house, and just like, let's take her down. Let's take her way down, you know? And so, forget all those dreams of grandeur, I'm gonna go small, super small. So I had, if you wanna use this analogy, had been torn down to just be small. And small can be beautiful, and that's fine. And so, I'm gonna build my guitar repair shop in half my garage. Once again, thank you spouses of creative people. She's never, she hasn't been able to park in a garage. Yeah. <laughs> Garages are not made for cars. That's yes. kind of their initial, but we yeah. found better uses. Yes. And so I was doing that, and um, also from do-it-yourselfers, we weren't really as bell guards, we were low-income folks. We wouldn't like go get those building permits and stuff like that. It takes a lot of time, you gotta answer a lot of questions. I wasn't doing that much, yeah, yeah. I thought. Yeah. So, but I was putting some windows into the garage to add light, and uh, someone busted me on it. They called the building inspector, and the building inspector came by, he said, I wouldn't even taken a permit out, but now you gotta. So, I was like, that's fine, but wait till they see what's going on inside, they're gonna, Just they're gonna freak pants. out. So, did they, they did and they did oh and so they're like well you can't you want you know you're gonna have to pull a permit and like what is this you know yeah, totally. so i was like well i better research what can be done in st louis park yeah it's different with every city uh -huh. city laws are weird it's just oh, like yeah. whenever someone decided in a past so in st louis park you can't have more than i think it's 10 percent of your house dedicated to your home business you can't have a home business in which anyone can hear any part of your business from the property line so if i'm like repairing base amps or something like you yeah. can hear that you know and you can't have any of it in a garage. Attached, detached, none of your home business is gonna be in your garage. Maybe they changed it, but this was five, six years ago. So I'm, I'm kicked out, you know? Yeah. And so um, I had heard about First Covenant Church. Dan offered me to work part-time yeah. as the part-time music guy, and then I could do my guitar repair and do recording and do everything. And so, um, and then simultaneously, the covers took off, which is the yeah. cover band I'm part of. So I'm this, sitting there in this empty building and, and seeing a bunch of room, and just like, and I'd bump into people fixing their stuff. I'm like, do you want to do something here? You know, it doesn't have an elevator. It's gonna soon now, but you know, so it's not handicap accessible. And 
This is empty rooms with really pioneer and, and the, the pastor's a musician, his wife's a musician, the yeah. finance guy is an upright bass player. I mean, it's just full of people that get arts. And, you know, there again, the self-doubt, you would get, a, I'd have a number of people like, yeah, because I can cast a vision, like, you know, but now I'm smart enough to know I'm not going to run it. See, that's, that's what I learned, that, you know, but it's just like when people, like, if you have that idea, like, well, you're going to be the guy. You're not going to give that away because that's America. You're going to be the guy. Yeah. And then you're going to make money. You're going to you be successful. You built this race car. You have, that means you have to drive it, too, yeah, in all yeah, the races. Yeah, exactly. That's not how it yeah, works. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so I kept asking people, and they'd be like, yeah, that's awesome. I'm like, well, show up next week at our you know church meeting. Not showing up. The deal is show up, y'all. It's to hear those voices of disbelief and show up anyway. Yeah. And so... Along comes Ben Kelly, fixing his bass. I've heard about Ben Kelly, you know, yeah. super hot player. And, and so he was like, I need an office, I need a place, I need a place to land. I'm like, how about here? And I don't know, but this is potential, like maybe we find some artists, maybe we do a thing. I mean, I can, I can cast 12 different visions of what to do with this. That is, this accomplishes, let's just be together. And so, but here's the difference, is that Ben Kelly, when I asked him to show up, he showed up. He didn't know what he was doing. He had a bunch of voices in his head saying he can't do it, and he keeps showing up, and he keeps showing up, and he's a delightful human being, and he's, he's a man of character because he keeps showing up, and people love to follow him because he cares for people, and he gets and he stuff done. he keeps showing up. Yeah. And so, and so, and so, you know, people talk about leadership. I remember for a while I went through this time of this, like, leadership, books on leadership, and everyone just, leadership, leadership. First of all, there has to be some followership or else... How do you get anything done if everyone's a damn leader? Yeah. And calling yourself a leader is kind of like calling yourself cool, too. Right, 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 right. Like, yes, yes. I'm going to lead. You know, now we yeah. all lead in different ways. I get it. There's nuances to it. But if you're talking about, yeah. you want a leader, find the person that people like to follow. And oftentimes they won't think they're leaders. And that's the yeah. person you want. Because if someone's like wants to be a leader, yeah. that's the person who winds up being your manager and is an asshole because they yeah. just want the power and control. Because yeah. no one listened to them growing up or something. Yeah. But it's just awful. So you find the people. And they also know that it's, it means that you need to serve these people underneath you. It's a very much a servant role. Yeah. So, like, you, you weigh the cost, and a lot of smart people go, ugh, can't do it. But Ben did, and then he brought more leaders to share the burden, and now this arts collective is, I don't know, what are we? Is it two years already? Man. Is it? I don't know. I might be wrong. Because it's Year and cool. a half. Yeah. Something. The only yep, learning is you just always, it's always processed, for sure. Which is kind of encouraging to me. Like, if I know that there's no... I mean, there's goals, but there's not a place to get that this is just the place. I don't yeah, know. there is no place to get other than present moment. But, I know, yeah. I'm going to get super existential about that crap. But that's where, like, here's the deal. So, and it's, this, this revolves around depression and all this stuff. So, I'm in this church that's just it's so focused on really, 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 they actually say what they're going to do and, and show up. And, yeah. and get involved in social issues about standing next to people who are being persecuted in our society. It's amazing. With amazing people. And then there's an arts collective. Been dreamed about that forever. And then there's this sanctuary that's looking at becoming yeah. a performance space. Like, yeah. I have never had a better mix of profession ever in my life. This is just like that's, unbelievable. That's cool. And I got a motorcycle. Yeah. And I still love my wife. Yeah. And the relationship with my kids is awesome. And I got this cool duplex, and we just had the calls moving. Yeah. I can still just think my life is crappy. Yeah. Yeah. I can. And it's totally. just, it's just totally like I can lose track of present moment yeah. and go, well, 
I should go over to the rented side and cock that tub and, and we gotta stain the deck again. And yeah. oh man, I hope that uh, geez, yeah. there's ants over there. And then, uh, you know, uh, we played that one gig, or, or I'm trying to figure out a way to haul gear less. So how are we gonna make that happen? And yeah. how are we gonna do that? And then there's the, you yeah. know, people who, you know, one person complaining at the church, you yeah. know, someone who's, you know, yeah, that's the thing that yeah, sticks so with you. Yeah, so like, it's just so, it is, I know you hear it a ton of times, but it really is, it's just, I know, it, that's depressing, but I hope it's liberating that there is no arriving there. When I get all that stuff, then that's, then I'll, yeah. I, and then I'll work on being happy. No, yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it's all, it's all journey in present moment. Tattoo it on your arm. Yeah. See you later. Man, <laughs> so good. Man. Dude, think, oh my gosh, it's, Dude, thanks for letting me hang out with you so long. Like, I feel, I mean, this is... Hey guys, this is Rob with just a quick note before you head off into your week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you, a massive thank you to any of you that have rated, commented, or subscribed to this podcast on iTunes. Also, thank you to those of you that have reached out to me and shared your stories of how these interviews or some of these conversations have impacted you, have inspired you. Man, that has been so awesome to hear. If you have a story you'd like to share with me, head over to thecuriouspod.com slash contact, and I'd love to hear your stories or any just questions you may have for me. Hey, while you're over there, if you want to check out show notes for this or any of the other interviews I've done or contact info for this guest or any of the others, head over to thecuriouspod.com for any of that. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. <laughs> also, if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere, pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan, whatever. You, you, you know the drill. All right. Enough of that nonsense. All this podcasting has made me thirsty. You know, <laughs> I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you, podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst, whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast, nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey, Hofi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness? I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more. That's all. All right. That's it. Thanks. <laughs> oh, I love that crap. All right. Have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks for being here. <laughs> nothing. Say the most random thing you can think of. No. Yell it. I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. <laughs> Perfect.